Welcome back to the Becoming CEO podcast, where we decide every single day to become the CEO we were created to be. Over here, we're low-key ratchet and high-key saved, okay? Listen, I know what it feels like to have the hugest to-do list, feel super unclear on what to do next in your business, download all the freebies, and still be stuck at square one. And darling, that's over for you today. Hey boo, I'm Kay Hillman. I'm a scientist turned five-figure photographer turned marketing and business strategist for female service providers building profitable businesses. I'm the coach for confused peeps. Boo thang, it's time to ditch the hustle. Listen close, darling, as I snatch your mindset, clarify your messaging, and drop marketing gems. When you roll with me, you'll gain confidence, clarity, and sales as you become the highest version of yourself. Let's get this money. Hey boo, hey, happy Tuesday or whatever day you're listening to this on. So I want to talk about money. I want to talk about money and I want to talk about it in the most raw and authentic way possible because I feel like a lot of us Christians have it twisted when it comes to money and making money in our businesses and so today i want to talk about why making money is good as a christian and the power of money in the hands of believers and more importantly how we are stewards of god's money because i feel like a lot of times and this is just something that i've seen working with hundreds of clients now is that a lot of us have a hard time with the desire to make more money or maybe even the idea of charging for your services, whatever your service is. And I feel like that is, I'm not gonna say the wrong way to think about things, but it doesn't do you any favors to think about money in that sort of way. So today I just wanna have like a a candid conversation about this whole situation because I'm kinda tired of it. Like I'm tired of Christians feeling like we shouldn't make money or we shouldn't charge or you know this is our ministry and all that kind of stuff like yes it is those things by the end of the day it takes money to build the kingdom it takes money to take care of your family and to live a life that you can actually enjoy and there's nothing wrong with your business funding that and so the first thing i want to say or the first thing i want to talk about is two reasons why god wants us to make money and I'm not going to say I'm trying to, you know, I'm not trying to put words in God's mouth or anything, but there are two very real reasons why we need to make money as believers. So the first reason is to fund the kingdom work. To do God's work, money is required. There's not, I, I, I truly, I'm trying to think of something, if there's something that we can do besides pray that doesn't cost money in order to actually serve other people and to bring other souls to Christ. I can't think of anything that besides prayer, right? That's that doesn't cost any money. It requires money, food. You know, if you're ever going to feed the homeless or you know feed um, families in your church or whatever, like those things require money to have the church building. It requires money to you know do mission trips and things. Those things require money, and so that's one reason why we need to be making money as Christians. But the other reason is so that we can provide well for our own homes. And I feel like sometimes people feel like it's a selfish thing to, you know, desire money in order to, you know, take your kids on a vacation or desire, you know, like, I feel like the the issue comes in when people are desiring more than they 
may quote unquote need, right? It's like, oh, well, I don't need much more than, you know, $60,000. So I'm not going to charge super high. I'm not going to do all this because I don't need all that money. But I want to challenge that thinking and instead say that you should be able to provide well for your household. You should, like, this is your first area of stewardship. How are you stewarding your home? And you know, I'm not here to say whether you should be rich, you know, and I'm not even here to say what rich is, right? For some of us, rich may be $100,000. For other people, it may be $100 million. I don't know, right? I, I don't profess to be the end-all, be-all when it comes to that. But what I do know is that in order to be a good steward, you're going to need resources, right? And a lot of times resources comes in the form of, or it will come to you in the form of money so that you can go and buy the things that you need, whether it's for your home or to do kingdom work. And so I want to talk a little bit about stewardship because I feel like that's an area that we talk about stewardship, but it kind of gets glossed over a lot. So stewardship is basically just the job of supervising or taking care of something you know, your organization, your property, you know, your family, different things like that. So basically, as stewards, or stewardship, the whole role is that you are supervising or taking care of something. As believers, we are stewards of God's money, right? We are taking care of it. We are supervising it. We are making sure that it ends up in the right places. And this is why I believe it's so powerful to put money in the hands of other Christians, because ideally, we are stewarding God's money well, right? We are investing it. We are using it, again, to fund kingdom work. We're using it to take care of our homes, whether it's, you know, our most immediate home or like extended family home. So as believers, we're stewards of God's money. And the more we make of it, the more we can take care of God's business. Let me say that again. The more money you make, the more of it you have access to, the more of it that you create, the more you can take care of God's business. And this is our power. We can create change for our families. We can create change for our communities. We can pour into ministry. We can spread the gospel. But in order to do that, we have to be making more money. The truth of the matter is, is that if you don't got it, it's going to be hard for you to be charitable. It's going to be hard for you to you know, want to offer more money or to serve your community or to pour into ministry when you don't have it. And that is where the power is. The power is, okay, you have this business, that you have this vehicle that allows you to make money so that you can now take care of God's business. First Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. This verse gets taken out of context so often. And I feel like it's a way to keep Christians down. I feel like it's a way to make Christians not aspire to have money or to martyr yourself and, you know, not go for those bare goals of making money. But what I really want you to think about this verse when you look at the context of 1 Timothy is the desire, the desire or the, the root reason behind your desire for money. If your reason for making more money is about doing God's work, pouring into your family, pouring into your home, pouring into your community, then you're not worshiping or making money an idol. But if you're just wanting to make more money because you're like, oh yeah, 
I want to make more money and I want to, you know, buy a jet and spend all this money on myself and it, it doesn't have any benefit for anybody else, which I don't know anybody that actually thinks that way, then that is where things get twisted. Or if you're willing to do some strange things for some strange. And when I say strange things, I don't mean strange, strange. I mean like you're willing to lie. You're willing to cheat. You're willing to steal in order to make money. Then that is where the evil comes in, right? That's where you are wandering from God. But if your root cause or your root, you know, desire to make more money is to do God's work, then you're good. You're in the clear. And you don't have to feel like this verse is telling you, oh, you know, I can't, I can't enjoy money. I can't want to make more money because that's evil. No, that's not, that's not it at all. And I feel like context is often missing with that verse. So the important question for us believers is why do we want more money? And what are we going to do with this money? Because I'm be honest, I've never met a wealthy Christian who their only reason for making money was selfish. And I feel like a lot of times we look at the rich and, you know, in our minds, you, you, we love to concoct these stories of like, oh, you know, rich people, like they're, they're so selfish or they're so evil or they're so this, they're so that. But if you look at their tax statements, they give a lot, right? They donate a lot. I, I am, Tay actually has a friend who wrote a check to his church for $500,000, $500,000 to the church. Gosh, like talk about funding God's work, right? Talk about doing God's work. And the only way you can do that is if you make the money. So let's be real. Is money more important than your faith? No, it's not. It's not more important than our faith. And nobody ever thinks that. Nobody ever thinks like, oh, yep, I'm going to make more money and I'm going to be done with Jesus after this. Like nobody ever thinks that. So now that you can free yourself from that thought, let's continue this conversation because I'm really passionate about talking about money goals and setting them according to what you need. And I want to come back to this first Timothy set thing. So if you look at the verses that come before first Timothy 610, where it talks about the love of money being the root of evil. If you read first Timothy six um, verses, I think it's like six through eight. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Now, I just said right before this that I'm really passionate about talking about money goals and setting them according to what you need. Because one thing that I know is that a lot of times we set goals with our money, but we set them from this place of lack. We set them from a place of feeling like our worth and abilities are tied to a dollar amount. Or we set them according to what we see everybody else in the online space setting as a goal, right? Last year, everybody was talking about a million dollars. The year before that, everybody was talking about multiple six figures. The year before that, everyone's talking about six figures, right? And so we set these goals based off of what the industry, you know, feels like setting goals as. I don't know what 2023 holds for us in terms of money goals. Maybe people are going to be like multi-million. I don't know. Um, but that's not your portion, right? Your job is not to figure, your job is not to set your goals and your expectations on what everybody else in the industry is setting their things on. Instead, it should be set according to what do you truly need to be content? And when we talk about content, contentment, I want to be clear and say that I'm not telling you to set low goals. What I'm telling you is to really look at what do you actually need? How much money do you actually need to make in order to take care of your home, take care of your community, 
and you know still enjoy your life right add a little tax to enjoy life and for many of us the goal is not a million dollars the goal may not even be 500k the goal may be 250k and when you get there you can see how you feel then right the goal may be 100k and when you get there see how you feel then and then for there, there's a, another group of us which i mean it wasn't too long ago where this was me fifty thousand dollars that's the goal and when we get there we'll see how we feel what do you truly need to be content what do you truly need to take care of yourself and to do god's work that is where we set our money goals from and it's a good place to be in it's a powerful place to be in to know that you are operating from a place of this money is going to be what sustains me and this money is going to be what allows me to pour back into my community or into my church or however you want to look at it so proverbs 12 11 says whoever works his land will have plenty of bread but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense so again are you just making up an income goal or are you intentionally setting goals and working towards an amount so that you can either provide well for your family fund the kingdom all those things there's no in between right it doesn't mean when i say that i'm not saying that you can't enjoy your life but what i do mean is that you have to be intentional and not just set goals just because you think on a random Tuesday that you want to make multiple six figures and that was something okay I'm, I'm gonna be honest that was something that had me in a chokehold making multiple six figures had me in a chokehold it, it started in like 20 I think it started in like 2020 where in my mind I just was like I have to make multiple six figures and there was no real reason why I I wasn't I wasn't tithing at the time I don't think was I tithing in 2020 yeah I think I, I think I might have just started tithing in 2020 but like I didn't have a tithing goal I wasn't plugged into a church that I was gonna like you know offer more to I wasn't doing things in the community where it was like I was gonna be pouring my money into those things I literally had this revenue goal just from the top of my head and while yeah the money could be used to provide for the family that we were building it's still like it literally was just a goal that I came up with because everybody else was doing it but that is the downfall right like that's where us Christians lose our power we lose our power when our goals aren't rooted in Christ when they're not connected to what God actually wants for us when I took a step back and I was like okay why do I really want this I realized that I wasn't willing to go through the stress of what I would have to do for multiple six figures and I didn't have a clear pathway of how I was going to use this money that I was making to glorify God whether it was by pouring more into my home or by pouring more into you know kingdom business and so that's just an example of like how things can go wrong when you're not setting intentional money goals revenue goals and so now my revenue diet my, my revenue <laughs> my revenue goals um right now and this is kind of like interesting to say but my revenue goals right now are directly tied to how much i hope to tithe um and i'm in a season where i'm okay with being in a state or in a season of sustainability and contentment and again contentment it's not about being lazy or complacent right contentment and complacency are two different things it's about what do i really need to survive what do i really need to sustain me my family and to do the work that i want to do and if i wake up one day 
And I realized that there's more work that is being required of me in ministry or more work being required of me in my home life. I'll make some more money, right? That it, you can make more money, but I'm not going to stress myself out <laughs> trying to hit these multiple six figure goals, you know, 500K. I'm not going to stress myself out trying to hit that number with with no real plan and with no real wisdom from God telling me that this is the direction I should be going in. And there's going to be a season for it, right? I'm going to say this, like there, there's going to be a season where those bigger numbers are going to make more sense, right? But right now I'm tying everything to my tithe goals and it feels really good. And I'm focused on two things, providing for my family comfortably, bankable in the kingdom where I can. And sometimes that's not going to always be financial. I want to say this because I did say at the beginning that like, you know, there's not much that you can do in the kingdom that doesn't cost money. Um, but there are a few things, right? And that's a whole other conversation. But most of the things are going to require a little funding to get us there. So let's talk about contentment and sustainability since I've, you know, kind of touched on it. So in Proverbs 30 verses 8 and 9, it says, Keep falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. So this is a prime example of like, let us not try to grab everything and y'all know you know what I'm talking about you know those people that are out here selling multiple offers you can tell that it's not an integrity you can tell that you know it's really kind of shady and all thrown together and they're just trying to grab every dollar out there and it's like you don't need that right we don't need that as believers we need to get our daily portion and know that this came from God and know that every step that we make is a God-breathed step Philippians 4, 11 and through 13 says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need and I, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do this through him who gives me strength. Man, that's the bomb right that is the bomb like that is it's amazing to know that through all things we have strength because god is with us when we are in need god is with us when we have plenty right he's always working through and it doesn't mean that it's not going to be hard but god is walking with us in every season and that's what i get from the scripture I, I love the whole when everybody talks about i can do all things through christ who gives me strength because a lot of times we cite that verse when we are experiencing some kind of hardship. But when you read the preceding verses, you realize that it's not just about seasons of hardship. It's also about seasons of plenty, seasons of abundance, right? That we can still make it through because I'll be honest, seasons, when I've had abundant seasons, I've needed God even more. And the reason is, is because when I'm experiencing uh, you know, a multiple five-figure month, I have so much work that I have to now do. And I'm going to need some strength for that, right? Like, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to need some strength for that because sometimes it's like, whoa, thanks God for all these clients. Thanks God for all the abundance. But man, now I got to execute. <laughs> now I got to, you know, show up for the job. Okay, you know? And so I feel like we always cite this, you know, when we're, facing adversity and hardship but it's like there's a lot of feelings that go into 
having the abundance and having the surplus and having the overflow that we have to also remember. And so I want to go back to this word content because a lot of times we look at it as a bad word, but content simply means to be in a state of peaceful happiness. And like I said before, content is not the same as being complacent. And so when we think about being content and we think about being in a state of peaceful happiness, you start to realize that it's okay to set a goal that may not be what everybody else thinks is the goal for the year. And it's because you're setting your goals from a state of peaceful happiness, from a state of connectedness with God and what he has for you and what he has for your business. I'd rather be content, honey. Let me be content, okay? Let me be in a state of peaceful happiness between me and the good Lord. And that's all that matters when it comes to the money goals that I'm setting, when it, when it comes to the money that I'm making. And there is power in that because when you are operating your business from a state of peaceful happiness, a state of alignment with God, baby, making money become easy, honey. Making money becomes less of a burden, less of a chore because you know where your help is coming from, right? You know that even in those seasons where you're only getting one client inquiry or no client inquiries, you're going to make it through because there's a season of you getting ready to have an abundance of clients. And so maybe instead of this being a dry season, it's a rest season. It's a let me recharge you season because I'm about to slam you with clients. Okay. Okay. So what should we do with our money? I talked about why making money is a good thing, what we need to make money for. I want to talk about some things that you should do with your money just really quick. The first thing is tithing. Read Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, and then Malachi 3, um, 3 verse 10. So Proverbs says, honor the Lord with your wealth and your first fruits and all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Perfect, right? You give God his part, you give him the first fruits, and he will give you the overflow, right? You will you will never lack when you give God first. And this is a lesson that I learned the very hard way. But when I learned it, mm, thank you, God. Um, Malachi, verse 310, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be no not enough room to store it. Now, I'm not saying that you should tithe expecting something in exchange because I did that and it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work to tithe because you are expecting God to give you something. But what does work is tithing and releasing the fact that you need every single dollar and understanding that all you're doing is giving God his money back, right? So tithe, that's the first thing we should do with our money. The second thing is to create a legacy. Proverbs 13.22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Okay? A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So your grandkids, right? We need to be creating a legacy for them. We need to be leaving behind, you know, trust. We need to be, you know, investing. We need to be doing different things so that we can create a legacy for our children's children and even keep on going as people of color, as women of color, as a black woman. I mean, I, I first learned or I first experienced what it was like to receive an inheritance like two years ago when this aunt that I have never met, um, apparently me and my siblings were in her will. I've never met her. And I'm 30 years old, but I've never met this woman. And she left a little bit. It wasn't much, you know, but that was my first experience with inheriting something. And 
a legacy being being left for me because I've had plenty of family members pass on and I got nothing, you know, except for the memories, which I'm thankful for. But in other cultures, you see that they leave their children and their grandchildren and their great grandchildren all these different things, all these different assets. And so it's important as Christians that we create a legacy. The third thing, give and help others. Acts 20 verse 35. And all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. The thing is, is that when you are making more money and you're building a business that's aligned, you have more time to be the church and show up and do the work. Okay. Show up and do the work. It's time to be the church. When you are making money, give to others, right? Help others. Help the church. Participate in things. When you know that there's the Christmas tree and there's two families that they can't find someone to, you know, uh, volunteer and take those families, you do it, right? Um, there is a, you know, maybe there's like a, a food pantry or something happening with your church and they're, they're low on something. You buy it, right? That is our role as believers. That is our role as business owners that are being blessed in our businesses, right? It all, and it's going to come back. It's going to come back to you. By the end of the day, you have to remember that we're being a good steward of God's money. So the money that you receive, it's not just yours, right? It's not just for you to spend on yourself doing whatever you want to do. It's also for you to take care of the kingdom. So that was the third thing. The fourth thing, be trustworthy, disciplined, and a good steward. And Luke, um, chapter 16 verses 10 and 11 it says whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth who will trust you with true riches oof that's a good one that's a good one that's a good one okay and this reminds me all the time when i'm tithing to not tithe from a place of expecting something in return because i want god to know that he can trust me okay he can trust me I'm going to be disciplined and I'm going to be a good steward of his money. So if you give me, if if I sell a $36 ebook, I'm going to tie my $4, right? Because I'm trustworthy, because I'm disciplined, because I'm being a good steward over God's money. Okay. So that is the third or fourth thing. I can't remember. That's the fourth thing. Sorry. The fourth thing that we should do with our money is to be trustworthy, be disciplined and be a good, good steward. Okay. Act with integrity. This is why I'm so big on integrity because God's word is literally telling me I need to be trustworthy. I need to be disciplined. I need to have integrity and be a good steward with every single dollar I receive. If someone gives me a dollar, I need to give them the service. I need to give them the product. I need to give them the offer, right? If there's a disagreement that comes up, I need to be honest. I need to be upfront. I need to be forthcoming. I need to try to rectify the situation in whatever way and capacity that I can right? Because one of my missions as a believer is to be trustworthy, be, be disciplined, and be a good steward. And I don't play about that. I do not play about people giving me their money. When you give me some money, I don't care if it's a dollar. If you give me money, I'm going to be trustworthy. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to be a good steward. I'm going to tithe. And then I'm going to make sure that I honor whatever our working relationship, working agreement is supposed to be. And then I'm going to go and do good things with the money. Again, like I said, I don't play when it comes to God and his money. And I don't play when it comes to God and this business, right? So that's the fourth thing. The fifth thing is to say for a rainy day, Genesis um, chapter 41. And I can't remember where, but it says Pharaoh and Joseph save food. And oh, sorry. I, I know where I was going with this. 
<laughs> I wrote the note and then I read it. But in Genesis chapter 41, you can read about how Pharaoh had Joseph save food and money for a few years because there was a seven year famine coming, right? So Joseph was saving this money for, or, sorry, saving up food and money for seven years because they knew the famine was coming. And so this, this really made me think about how when things are going good, God is giving you an opportunity to save for harder times. And it took me a few cycles of hitting like rocky times and then having really good seasons for me to learn, girl, when God gives you all these clients and you're having, you know, these surplus 20K, 30K months, save up some money because the next two months might be like $1,000 months. <laughs> So don't be sitting here balling on this one 20K month when it really needs to last you three months, right? And do we want that in business? Ideally, no, right? Ideally, you want to have 20K months every month or you want to make, you know, $5,000 every single month, right? You want that consistency or that steady money. But life happens, right? We had a whole pandemic, okay? And life changed pretty quick. And if I didn't save up for a rainy day, if I wasn't actively saving, I would have been so stuck. I would have been so stuck because while some people flourished in 2020, I, well, I think I, I did pretty well in 2020, but it definitely was like a hit, right? It was still a hit for me. And so I'm saying all this to say, Genesis 41 is a prime example of say, making sure that you save for a rainy day because you never know how things can change in the world and how that's gonna impact your business. And then the last thing that we should be doing with our money is, um, is to you know provide for our family right and to use the profit right our business should be profiting so we should make a profit and then we should then provide for our family so in proverbs 31 16 through 18 which i feel like we need to do a whole series on the proverbs 31 woman because sis is a business owner and i love it but it says she considers a field and buys it out of her earnings she plants a vineyard she sets about her work vigorously her arms are strong for her task she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night whoa okay so sis is smart she's analytical she's strategic because she sees a field she thinks about it and then she buys it after she buys it she plants a vineyard right she works okay she works hard and she does all this to provide for her family because she sees that everything that she's doing all the stuff that she's taking her trading her land her doing the different things that this is profitable and her lamp doesn't go out at night okay so sis is a hard worker okay she is always providing for her family and sis is making a profit and that's what we should be doing with our money when we see that things are good when we we need to be strategic right we need to make sure that we are constantly working hard on our task and making and creating a profitable business however that may look right this doesn't say that she's a millionaire this doesn't say that she's making five hundred thousand dollars right this is just saying she bought a field and planted and she tr she's trading land and she's trading her goods and she's trading her services or whatever, right? And that she don't go out of business because she's profitable, right? A prime example of, of God saying, I want you to make money. I want you to make money in your business. I don't want you to have this business and be a martyr and, you know, just sit here and do everything for free or charge, you know, $10 for something that should be costing, you know, $1,000, right? So those are the things that you need to be doing with your money and i'm sure there's more things but that's where we're going to stop today so just as a recap 
Two things as believers that we need to be doing with our money. One, funding the kingdom. And two, providing for our families. And then six things that you can do with your money. Tithe, create a legacy, give to others, steward well. Steward well. Steward well. Save, right? Prepare for a rainy day. And then profit and provide. That is it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed like writing this out because I love, um, I don't know if you guys were following me back in like 2017, but 2017, my, um, it wasn't my business per se, but like where my focus was in that time was that I was creating like a Christian education hub like a christian education space where basically i was just like doing bible studies and i was like you know it was like a ministry i was like teaching different things um but it wasn't relevant to business so it was just like general life bible study kind of thing and i really enjoyed doing it and i did it for like two years um i think it was like 2016 2017 or maybe 2015 i can't remember um i was doing it with a friend and it was really fun um and so ever since then i've just always had like a heart for incorporating and like sharing God's wisdom because I feel like as business owners sometimes we don't see where God is included like the Bible sometimes doesn't explicitly say this is for the business owner right and so it's really cool to be able to pull from God's word and say like no this is what God has said or breathed over our businesses and so I just really enjoy talking about this kind of stuff and I hope you enjoy listening to this if you don't that's fine um I'm not gonna cry about it but I am going to be sad because, man, I thought this was really good. So anyway, I really enjoy talking about these kind of things. And if you do, please let me know. Like, send me a DM on Instagram, send me a voice note or a little texty text, whatever. And, you know, let me know that you are, oops, sorry, let me know that you are enjoying these types of episodes. Um, the one thing that I do want to say is that the Becoming CEO group coaching program is coming back. By the time you hear this, we should be open for enrollment. I am only taking 10 students per round going forward, um, just for the time being, because I really want to go deeper with people. And so in this round and going forward, my main focus is gonna be on helping moms, pregnant women, soon to be moms, women that are family planning, all those things. I'm trying to help you create a business and have a business structure um, and to streamline your, your strategies that you're using for your marketing and your sales so that you can actually get clients and serve your clients in less than 20 hours per week. And the other thing that I'm trying to make sure that I help you do is to take leave, whether it's maternity leave, whether it's a vacation, or whether it's a whole month long, quarter long, whatever long sabbatical. I feel like as women, especially as moms, we have to do better at taking leave. A lot of us, we start these businesses, myself included, we start these businesses and then we work 24 seven. And it's like, no, you need to take some time for yourself. You need to be able to go on maternity leave and actually enjoy it. You need to be able to take a sabbatical and still know that your your business is going to run behind the scenes. You're still gonna get clients. Your, your, your current clients are still gonna be served, right? All those different things. And so my goal with becoming CEO is to help you literally become the CEO that God has designed you to be, right? To help you step into the role of being a leader in your space, um, but also in being a really powerful service provider or a really powerful coach without having to work all, you know, all, all through the night and all through the day or every waking moment. Um, and, I, and my goal is really to create a community and create a, a a group of CEOs that you are working less than 20 hours a week, but you are making the money that you need to make to fund the kingdom and to take care of your family. That is what matters to me. So if that's something that you're interested in, please, please, please click the link below. Um, 
and check out the Becoming CEO uh, program or give me a DM on Instagram and I would love to talk with you more about it. All right, that is it for this one. And until next time, I will talk to you later, darling. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow me on the gram at Mrs. K Hillman and let me know you're picking up what I'm putting down. Take a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and share it in your stories and leave a young thug a review so I know it's real. May you walk in your purpose and call in each and every day to become the CEO and woman you were designed to be. Until next time, let's get this money.